If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Pre-game show here from VEASAN and VEASAN.com. Adam Candy here in Las Vegas. Scott Seidenberg from the East Coast as we get going here on a big Saturday for not only Major League Baseball, but UFC as well. The usual golf action here on the weekend and uh, plenty more to talk about with football on the way. Training camps open in the NFL and college happening this month. Scott, what's going on? How's your Saturday afternoon treating you so far? Oh, do you know, it's the usual Saturday afternoon, right? Preparing for college football because pretty soon my Saturdays are going to be consumed with college football. So taking a little look uh, early this morning at some of the futures that I wanted to uh, put in and see if there was any movement on those odds. Oh, you know, just a normal Saturday studying college football schedules. I'm sure you do the same. Uh, just as you do, right? Uh, you know, you explain to the dog, no, you're not getting a walk this morning until a significant other brunch can wait. Uh, I got things to do here on a Saturday morning. We're going to get to some of uh, Scott's win totals here later on. But for now, we'll start with uh, we'll start with Major League Baseball and a few of the interesting matchups going on here today. Uh, we will have a little bit of UFC talk coming later on uh, with Reed Kuhn a little bit uh, later on. Excuse me, uh, Lou Finacaro later in the show. We'll have Reed Kuhn uh, coming up here 
in just about an hour or so. But uh, Lou will be here at 945 on the Pacific uh, Coast to talk a little bit of UFC with us. Back to Major League Baseball. We'll start in your backyard, Scott, with the New York Yankees hosting the Seattle Mariners in a game with huge wild card implications. Uh, Yankees hung on last night in a game that uh, I'm sure as someone who follows the team uh, there in the tri-state area, Scott, you know, as a game, they might not win uh, earlier on in the season, but they fight back and defeat the Seattle Mariners 3-2 in extra innings today. Pitching matchup, Chris Flexen for the Seattle Mariners against Andrew Heaney. Last time out in his first start for the Yankees, Heaney gave up four home runs uh, for New York. Flexen has been solid this year for Seattle coming over from the KBO. And of course the money is uh, on the New York Yankees. It has moved toward the Yankees today. Last check minus 200 on Heaney plus 180 on Flexen total of 10 uh, slight juice to the over. Yeah, you know, last night, as you mentioned, the Yankees winning in extra innings with Brett Gardner, the longest tenured Yankee coming through in what could be one of his final signature moments before he hangs up the cleats and calls it a career. It's the type of win that the Yankees needed and the type of win that shows just how good this team has been playing over the past several weeks as they chase down this wild card and even creep closer to the division race. Believe it or not, they are not out of the division race. Last week, it was thought that that was not a possibility. They were nine and a half games out. Well, all of a sudden, the Red Sox have been tanking and the Yankees have been winning. And this division race is getting a lot closer. But the wild card certainly a possibility. You love the acquisitions of both Anthony Rizzo and Joey Gallo. Power bats on the left-handed side that the Yankees desperately needed, needed. What concerns me today is you mentioned how good Chris Flexen has been. You mentioned how poor Andrew Haney has been. Haney this season has allowed two or more runs in 14 of 19 starts. Flexen got rocked a couple of starts ago against Houston, but besides that, he's allowed two runs or fewer in seven of eight starts, and you look at the Yankees, they had a bullpen day yesterday, and they needed every single guy in that bullpen with the exception of Araldis Chapman, so I'm a little concerned today, Adam, that if uh, Haney does not give them length, what arms will the Yankees have out of the bullpen to eat up innings today? I think the Mariners plus a run and a half is the smart play in this game. Uh, I'll stay with you on the Seattle side here, and I'll actually go Seattle first five, which you can find up to plus 155. Uh, first of all, Seattle has the pitching edge, and you're getting uh, as big as plus 155 here. Chris Flexen against the Yankees lineup. Look, let's understand something about this Yankees team. It's not that... They have been performing extremely well here in this Seattle series. They have just gotten the right hit at the right time. Seattle had a lead with one out to go in the 10th inning yesterday. Seattle had a 3-2 lead in the 8th inning on uh, Thursday. And so the Yankees have been getting the right side of variance here. I like Chris Flexen as a first five play here. Uh, as you mentioned, Andrew Heaney doesn't have a lot behind him. Aaron Boone might have to leave him out there for a bit uh, to eat up some innings. Other play I like in this game is a little smaller market, and it's going against Heaney as well. Uh, remember that Heaney came over from the Angels, was pitching in the AL West, and so these Seattle Mariners have seen plenty of him. And Mitch Hanniger, well, he loves to see Andrew Heaney. Uh, eight for 20, three home runs, using his stat cast data, an 856 expected slugging percentage. I like him over one and a half total bases at even money today, as Handiger with 25 home runs on the season has been hitting the ball uh, very well. Elsewhere in the AL East, Robbie Ray and the Blue Jays at home, Scott, against the Boston Red Sox. Ray minus 170, Nick Pavetta 
plus 155. You talked about the struggles that this Boston team is going through, and it has been rough for this pitching staff here over the last week. Plus, Nick Pavetta trying to stop the bleeding against Robbie Ray, who's had a borderline Cy Young season for Toronto. Yeah, and you look at what this Blue Jays offense has been able to do lately. You know, they started out slow yesterday, and then, of course, they have the offensive explosion, which you expect them to have every single game. I mean, this lineup is dangerous, Adam, and they've gotten a boost since they've returned home to Toronto. Everyone was waiting for it. The fans were waiting for it. The players were waiting for it. This is a team that has not had a home the past two seasons, so picture that as a, as a Major League Baseball player really not knowing where you're going to be staying and are you going to be in Florida? Are you going to be in Buffalo? Are you going to be traveling? Now they have a home back in Toronto. The fans are behind them. They have gained some confidence. This is a dangerous lineup and as poorly as the Red Sox have been playing, I don't care that it's Nick Pavetta on the hill and he could be the stopper for them. You just continue to fade this Red Sox team until they show you otherwise because right now they are slumping and the Blue Jays are slugging. This is, of course, the first of two in a doubleheader, so your total seven slightly juiced to the under. As you mentioned, Scott, this Toronto team, second in the majors in weighted runs created plus. They are first in the majors in isolated power. They are dangerous up and down the lineup. Boba Shed is on a tear right now for Toronto as well. The other interesting pitching matchup today, and uh, was a little more interesting when DeSclafani was at first in, but it's going to be Aaron mm-hmm. Sanchez for the Giants against Brandon Woodruff. And now we see that the NL side race with Jacob DeGrom on the shelf till September is wide open, and Brandon Woodruff is one of the guys in contention. He has been outstanding. Fourth and fifth, fourth in XBIP. He is minus 200 today at home against Aaron Sanchez. Total of eight uh, juiced to the over. Yeah, and for me, I, and I've done this so many times this season, and it's worked out because the Giants are the best team in Major League Baseball against the run line. And whether they're favored by a run and a half or they're getting a run and a half, we've seen them come through the most profitable team on the run line this year in Major League Baseball. So I'm going to back the Giants at plus a run and a half. No disrespect to Woodruff because you mentioned he is right there in the thick of things in terms of a National League Cy Young. But the Giants are the best team in the National League, in my opinion. And uh, forget about the Dodgers. I, this Giants team is playing incredible baseball. It seems like everybody just kept waiting for the other shoe to drop with this Giants team, but they haven't yet. I think this could be a low-scoring game. I'm not going to touch the total. I think the Giants keep this thing close and competitive, and I'll take the plus a run and a half with a team that I think is better than the Milwaukee Brewers. I know Rowdy Telez is on an incredible tear right now for Milwaukee, but I just like the Giants getting any type of run line in this one, so I'll take the Giants plus a run and a half. I'll tell you, Scott, uh, you don't want to see the Brewers team wearing stripes at any point because <laughs> they are uh, they are definitely a, a healthy eating team with uh, Rowdy Tellez and Daniel Vogelbach and some of the guys, but big, uh, big bodies, big power, and they, they certainly can hit the baseball, but I'm with you. I don't understand why the market has not caught up to the San Francisco Giants yet. Uh, this team has one of the best records in baseball. They're still leading the division, and they are at still at significant plus money to win the NL West, even while they're leading uh, that division. And I, I don't I don't understand. Uh, the addition of Chris Bryant is outstanding for them, although he does not have good numbers against Brandon Woodruff. Uh, remember, those two have seen each other plenty with the Chicago mm-hmm. Cubs and Milwaukee Brewers. But overall, uh, don't mind at all going after that uh, San Francisco team today on the run line. 
Scott, I've got one other for Major League Baseball, and then I'm going to toss it over to you for any other games that we haven't mentioned yet that you feel strongly about. Uh, just a prop that jumped out to me in the Minnesota-Houston game, uh, and I don't encourage you to have to watch Twins-Astros unless you have a wager on it because I don't think this is going to be a particularly competitive game, but Michael Pineda going for the Twins and Carlos Correa... It has been a bit of a renaissance season for Carlos Correa for this entire Astros offense, but he loves seeing Michael Pineda just about as much as any pitcher in baseball. Let me give you the numbers for him over 22 plate appearances. 11 for 20 with three home runs and a 919 expected slugging percentage. Uh, Carlos Correa has had extra base hits in two-thirds of his at-bats against Michael Pineda. His total base is over one and a half is plus 105. I like Carlos Correa to get that done at that price today in Houston. Scott, what else do you have in uh, Major League Baseball that you'd like to tell the people about? Well, look at this Atlanta Braves team and the way that they have been playing. Uh, I know it was a it was an anomaly where they went on this incredibly long stretch where they alternated wins and losses, but right now they've won four straight games and they are sniffing the NL East lead, right? The Mets have dropped. The Phillies are now in first place. The Braves are right there in the thick of things. And people thought that the Braves were going to be sellers at the deadline. But no, they actually believe that they can win this division. And you look at the additions that they brought in, whether it was Soler or Duval. I know they got Peterson because they lose Acuna. But this is a Braves team that is now playing its best baseball. They've won four straight. They've scored six runs, seven runs, eight runs, eight runs in those games. I like the Braves. Offense to stay hot. I like the Braves team total here against the Nationals. Uh, I think the Braves can pull off a fifth straight win. They are heavily favored, though, so laying 2, 215, 220 kind of scares me a little bit. But I like their offense. I like the team total over. I played it yesterday. It hit once again with them scoring eight runs. And I also like Freddie Freeman over uh, uh, total bases, one and a half. Played it last night. It came through. He had a single in his first at bat and a single in his third at bat. But Freddie Freeman, you want to talk about awards like you did with Woodruff earlier. This is a guy who won the National League MVP last year who is staring down a possibility of winning back-to-back National League Most Valuable Player awards. I like Freddie Freeman to stay hot. I like this Braves offense to stay hot against the Washington Nationals. Well, speaking of the Braves, with the injuries to Ronald Acuna Jr., to Jacob deGrom, to Fernando Tatis Jr., that National League MVP race certainly has opened up wide for Freddie Freeman, Bryce Harper, anybody else who wants to step forward and make them themselves known it is a wide open field there for National League most valuable player in that division boy have the odds change fan graphs projections to win the <laughs> National League East Scott 39.6 percent on the Phillies 32 and a half on the Mets 27 9 on the Braves none of these teams are going to win the wild card but someone's going to get in there and the injuries to DeGrom and Francisco Lindor have certainly taken their toll on the Mets, who expected they were going to have Noah Syndergaard back by this point as well. He, of course, had to slow down his rehab with the elbow trouble. He is back to at least throwing again, so maybe September, if they're lucky to get both DeGrom and Syndergaard back for this New York Mets team. Uh, quick update. Yeah, I think from, the Mets. Yeah, go ahead, Jess Scott. The, 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 the Mets failed by not getting a relief pitcher at the deadline. I think they really could have used some bullpen help. Javi Baez is a nice addition, but I think that's like sugarcoating. You know, I think that was just, you know, let's please the fan base by bringing in a polarizing guy who's going to, you know, make headlines and, and he's going to be flashy and whatnot. The Mets really needed bullpen help. And I think that's what's going to come down to bite them here in this race against whether it's the Phillies or the Braves is 
not having that back end of the bullpen strength. And there are a lot of teams uh, in that boat, especially in that division. Uh, frankly, uh, the Philadelphia Phillies tried to help it uh, by going out and getting Ian Kennedy, but there's still a bullpen that has struggled all year long. And the Mets trying to get by with Familia and Diaz at the back end definitely could use some more help. Uh, Seth Lugo, of course, in that mix as well. Uh, in golf, we are down in Memphis at the World Golf Championship FedEx St. Jude Invitational. Uh, Harris English with the lead going into the third round. He's at 13 under Cam Smith and Abraham Answer, both at 11. Ian Poulter and a guy who's been a very popular pick around here, Sam Burns at 10 under along with Scotty Scheffler. Uh, any action going on the golf course for you today, Scott? Uh, I was reading up a little bit of on this and um, Daniel Berger, who's at seven under right now, he won this event back to back years and finished the back nine with three birdies yesterday. So there's a lot of people that are thinking that Daniel Berger could be a guy to make a run. And if he's getting incredibly long odds now, because he's, you know, not, not so far back, but he's six strokes back could be worth a little bit of a sprinkle because he knows this course so well and has been so successful here. Berger is sitting there at 28 to one right now to take the crown at DraftKings. You're betting leader here at 280 Harris English, uh, Abraham answer plus 650 Cam Smith at seven to one and Scotty Scheffler, who is of course three back at seven and a half to one uh, Louis Ustays and Bryson DeChambeau, both at 10. Yeah. Uh, let's take a look here quickly, Scott, at, uh, and I don't expect either of us to be sharps on this, but if producer Britton wants us to talk about it, I will at least tell you what is happening north of the border in the Canadian Football League today. Two CFL games, if you cannot wait the rest of the month to get some action down on the gridiron. Uh, the Toronto Argonauts are visiting the Calgary Stampeders. Stampeders at home are laying five with a total of 49 and a half. The Ottawa Red Blacks are visiting the Edmonton Elks. That's Elks with an S. Minus seven on the Elks. 47 is the total. When we come so back the last a little bit time, more. Yes, go ahead. Uh, the last time the Argonauts won in Calgary, 2013. Sharper on CFL than anybody on this network. You heard it here first. Scott Seidenberg joined me out of candy as we continue here on the pregame show from Beeson. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday... 
I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On a summer night in Paris, American artist Lee Krasner is drifting off to sleep when the phone rings. On the line, news that her husband, Jackson, is dead. Jackson, as in the painter Jackson Pollock. He might, to this day, be the most mythologized figure in American art. But how much of the story that we've been told about him is just that, a myth? On Death of an Artist, season two, Krasner and Pollock, the story about how the art world changed forever and the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting. Just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Show from VEASAN and VEASAN.com. Thanks for spending part of your Saturday afternoon and or morning with us. On the East Coast, Scott Steidenberg. On the West Coast, Adam Candy. As we continue with some talk of Major League Baseball. And we kind of hinted around about this, Scott, in our last segment. But we can get to the division odds for the divisions that are actually still competitive uh, in the majors. Let's start. Again, with the East and in the American League, it looks like a two horse race by the numbers. But then again, the New York Yankees are making some noise as we discussed uh, back in late May. The Yankees were at a minus price, about minus 115 to win the division. Rays and Red Sox both sitting at four to one. We've obviously shifted quite a bit. The Rays are even money. The Red Sox are plus 150. The Yankees are seven to one. The Blue Jays, who are right there with the Yankees, are 11 to one. Uh, Scott, what are your feelings on the two longer shots here in the Yankees and the Blue Jays? 
Well, we just got some breaking news about 10 minutes ago. Araldis Chapman to the IL with left elbow inflammation. So right then and there, red flag for the Yankees. Uh, hopefully it's not a long IL stint and it's just a couple of days as he rests the elbow. But if it leads to something even further, that is a bad sign for the New York Yankees. Chad Green will likely take over as the closer for them. But they've been playing really good baseball as of late. The Yankees. 8-2 uh, and two in their last 10 games and have crept back into this division race thanks to the Red Sox tailing. Uh, I think the Yankees will make the postseason. I expect them to be a wild card, but I certainly wouldn't throw out a chance at winning the division because the schedule is in front of them as well. They do have games against the Red Sox remaining where they can pick up some games in this race. There was a time, I think it was last month or maybe even further, where the Yankees were actually favored at him to not make the postseason if you looked at DraftKings odds. Well, now they are certainly right there in the wild card race and only five and a half games back of the division. I like the Yankees to make the postseason, and I would sprinkle a little bit on them to win the division. The Blue Jays, not so much. I think they're interesting, and I think they could chase down a wild card here because of their offense. I don't think they have enough pitching to win important games down the stretch, and so I don't know if they can creep up six and a half back to win the division. I think the Yankees have a better chance than the Blue Jays, but I'm concerned for this Red Sox team because if they keep dropping back, you know, you could find a situation where they don't just lose out on the division, but they miss the playoffs entirely the way that they've been playing. No, no question about it. And they are really heavily banking on Chris Sale's return next week. He's making his final rehab start this weekend. And if he doesn't steady the ship for that rotation, then I'm not sure that the Red Sox can hold it together. Uh, out in the National League West, where you and I kind of discussed this a moment ago, I'll just go straight to the Giants at plus 175. The Dodgers are nearly uh, one to two to to win, the, or I should say uh, bet, bet two to win one for this division. But the Giants at plus 175, I, I think we both think that's where, if there's any value left, that that's where it is. 100%. This team has been disrespected all season long. They have the best record in Major League Baseball uh, at, what, 69 and 41. So they are playing just lights out right now. And they've actually played well against the Dodgers, except when Anthony DiScalfani pitches. Uh, but when anybody else pitches, they've pitched well against the Dodgers. Uh, they really missed out on the Scherzer trade or really getting another top-of-the-line starter because Kevin Gosman, as solid as he is, um, you would have liked him to be a number two come playoff time instead of the number one come playoff time. But you got Gosman, you got Cueto, you got DiScalfani, as long as he's not playing against the Dodgers. And the back end of the bullpen has been very good. The addition of Chris Bryant, as you mentioned earlier, is very big for them. This is a very good Giants team. And at plus money to win the division when they're already sitting here four games in first place, yeah, I'll take that value. In the National League East, and we'll run through this quickly here, Mets plus 110, Phillies 2-1, to one, Braves 2.5-1. to one. The Phillies have the easiest remaining schedule in Major League Baseball. The Mets have the fifth most difficult, and, of course, they are injured here. Can I sell you on the Phillies at 2-1? to one? You can sell me on the Phillies. You can sell me on the Braves as well. Uh, I think either of those teams besides the New York Mets would be the play here. I've seen this collapse from the Mets before. It's all too familiar for people who live in the New York metropolitan area. So I'm going to bet against the Mets here and go with either the Phillies or the Braves. 
Yeah, I'll I'll take a big piece of the Phillies with the way Zach Wheeler is pitching. Uh, you're gonna have Wheeler and Nola fronting that rotation. You get Kyle Gibson in trade, who should at least be able to eat up some innings, and most importantly for Philadelphia, keep them from having to use that bullpen all too much because that's where the real Achilles heel is in the city of brotherly love. When we come back, some college football talk. We're not far away from doing UFC as well here on the pregame show. football betting guide is here start your football season on the right foot with our expert analysis and picks for conference champions heisman hopefuls and playoff teams plus power ratings for every team now it's also a great time to get your all access VEASAN subscription including our college and pro football betting guides along with everything we offer for the entire football season get your college football betting guide for only $19.99 or start your free trial all access today at VEASAN.com slash subscribe Welcome back into the pregame show from VEASAN and VEASAN.com. Adam Candy and Scott Seidenberg from Las Vegas and the beautiful tri-state area. Um, Scott, some additional Major League Baseball news from the AL East. We talked about a role as Chapman going to the IL with elbow trouble for the Yankees. J.D. Martinez has been placed on the COVID IL for the Boston Red Sox. So just your handicap uh, accordingly, he had been slumping Scott, but obviously one of the key cogs in that Red Sox uh, lineup. Yeah, 20 or so home runs so far this year. He has been their power threat and uh, a key piece in the middle of that lineup who really seemed to get a boost this year with the return of Alex Cora. Last year was kind of an anomaly because he was so good this season before and he had that drop-off last year. This year he seemed to be back to, you know, JD MVP. Uh, but he, you know, not being in that lineup is a huge bat that they're missing. And listen, for a slumping Red Sox team, this is not good news. Will the Red Sox still be in the race come week zero of college football? We will find out here as they're going to be without a key piece of their lineup, at least for a few days. You said that you've been spending some time looking through college this morning, Scott. So before we get to talking about some of these week zero games with big line moves, anything in particular in that research that jumped out at you this morning? Uh, I'm so big on Oklahoma this year and no one's going to be able to talk me off of them. Uh, I have Oklahoma. Now I've placed two future bets on them, one to win the big 12 and another to win the college football playoff uh, to win the national title. Uh, Spencer Rattler Heisman. He's the favorite for a reason. Although, you know, I don't really like, sprinkling something on that because you never know somebody can come out of nowhere last year Devontae Smith kind of came out of nowhere and wound up winning the Heisman Trophy but Spencer Rattler is certainly capable of winning that award there's a lot to love about this Oklahoma team they returned so many starters from a team that dominated on offense a season ago and from all indications this is going to be the best Sooner defense that you have seen in years Nick Benino is going to be up for every single defensive award at the linebacker position and if their secondary can stop their opponents from beating them deep, this will be a defense to be reckoned with, not just in the Big 12, but in the entire country. They could finish in the top 10 total defense. 
I love what Lincoln Riley has done with this program ever since he has taken over. You look at the way the schedule plays out for this Oklahoma team. They're, they have the Iowa State game at home, which is big for them. And it is a bit of a scary spot because that game comes before they have to go to Stillwater to play against Oklahoma State. So it could be a letdown spot in their final game of the season, which is also going to be a look-ahead spot to the Big 12 title game. So here's a, an interesting part of their schedule where they're going to be coming off, in my opinion, a win against Iowa State, having to play their rivals in Oklahoma State before then playing the Big 12 championship game against, you know, possibly a, a rematch against Iowa State. We'll see how the rest of the conference plays out. But this team should be the number one team preseason rankings. They are the best team offensively in the country and defensively. They have caught up over the past couple of years, uh, bringing a new coordinator, some new coaches. This Oklahoma team, in my opinion, goes 12-0 and and wins the national championship as after they get to the college football playoffs. So that will be 13-0, 14-0, 15-0 national champs. Those are two big future bets that I have placed on the Oklahoma Sooners. Planting the flag, and I don't blame you, uh, at least in terms of that regular season, because they have one of the easier non-conference schedules of any of the major contenders for the CFP championship. We get started, of course, at the end of this month in Week 0. There have been some big moves on a handful of games, and I want to start with Nebraska and Illinois at the bottom of the Big Ten. This opened with Nebraska laying nine and a half. It's down to Nebraska laying seven at Illinois. We know Brett Bielman takes over a program that was in shambles there in Champaign, uh, but it's not like Nebraska has all of the pieces of the Tom Osborne era as they still wait for Adrian Martinez to become even a regularly effective passer here. Um, agree with the move, and is there a point at which you think this might be worth getting in on Nebraska on the other side? Uh, you know, what's the old saying, right? Road favorites or sucker bets. Um, and to me, it's another situation here. The one X factor that you have to keep in mind when it comes to college football this year is that home field advantage is back. The fans will be in the stadiums, unlike what we saw last year. I know some teams did have uh, large crowds last season, but it's going to be unlike anything that you've ever seen because these students have been cramped up. They've been off campus. Now they're back and they're hungry and they want to party and they want to tailgate and they want to scream for their fans. So look for the home advantage to have a little bit of an increased value this year. Nebraska laying seven on the road does kind of scare me uh, a little bit here. You know, it's kind of hovering around that touchdown touchdown range. Anything above a touchdown, I think Illinois is the play. Anything below a touchdown, I think you can start to consider Nebraska. Yeah, Nebraska attracts me in that spot, but uh, not quite yet. I want to see where that ends up. Hawaii-UCLA has moved almost 10 points. Uh, this game opened to a touchdown for UCLA. There are some places where it's still out at 17 right now. Um, you're going to have to talk me into UCLA and, and this particular move because uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, the Las Vegas product, Look, he's had three years to prove himself as an effective passer in this offense. It hasn't happened yet. He has no pro football focus grades above 62 in each of his three seasons. Uh, not like Hawaii has, you know, the old June Jones high-flying team there offensively, but uh, I have a hard time laying this many points with UCLA. What do you say? 
It's a lot of points, and especially a lot of points in week one where teams are really, or week zero, where teams are really just trying to get out healthy and and kind of figure themselves out. Remember, there's no preseason in college football, so it's not like there's tune-up games. You can only do so much in scrimmages and practices. So the first couple of games, especially the non-conference games for these teams, are essentially the preseason. And if UCLA does go up by three touchdowns, you know, there might be some players that are sitting the bench in that fourth quarter and you're getting some guys that are going to get some reps because Chip Kelly needs to get a look at them to see how he's going to handle this team moving forward. So that's a lot of points to lay in the first game of the season. Look, UCLA is going to be an improved team. Their win total is is six and a half. A lot of people are expecting them to go over that uh, and go bowling this year, but that's a lot of points to lay in the first game of the year. This thing has already crossed 10. It's crossed 14. And at the point where it crosses 17, I will be in on Hawaii. I want to wait to see how high it'll go, though, considering the way the move uh, has gone. I think they can at least run uh, with Chevin Cordero at quarterback. Lou Finicaro joins us to talk UFC on the other side here on the pregame show from VEASAN. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On a summer night in Paris, American artist Lee Krasner is drifting off to sleep when the phone rings. On the line, news that her husband, Jackson, is dead. Jackson, as in the painter Jackson Pollock. He might, to this day, be the most mythologized figure in American art. But how much of the story that we've been told about him is just that, a myth? On Death of an Artist, season two, Krasner and Pollock, the story about how the art world changed forever and the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting. Just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. show wraps up from VEASAN and VEASAN.com here over the next few minutes. Scott Seidenberg joins me, Adam Candy, talking through not only the upcoming UFC 265 card tonight here in a moment, but uh, just recapping a couple of big pieces of news from Major League Baseball. Aroldis Chapman for the Yankees goes to the IL with an elbow issue. J.D. Martinez for the Boston Red Sox heads to the COVID-19 list. So the uh, two of the three contenders at the top of the AL East will be without some key pieces here over the next few weeks. But we've given you plenty of baseball so far, and we know that tonight might be uh, more your speed with a little more action with the UFC 265. And to that end, let's welcome in our guy, Lou Finicara. You can find him on Twitter at Gamblue. You can, of course, find his work in Point Spread Weekly. If you don't already get that product, go to vison.com right now and sign up for a subscription so that you can get all Lou's advice and all the other great uh, information that we have available in Point Spread Weekly. Lou, welcome in. How's your Saturday shaping up so far? Shaping up well. Looking forward to the fights and appreciate uh, Adam, you and Scott bringing me on to talk about my passion, the UFC. Well, let's get right to it then, uh, Lou, and we'll start with from the top with uh, the main event with Derek Lewis and Cyril Gunn. Uh, how are you handicapping the big fight? I handicapped this fight as a uh, on the one corner for Gunn, uh, inexperienced, nine UFC, nine professional fights, fewer UFC fights, but he is a consummate professional, polished mixed martial artist. Uh, he comes from a kickbacking uh, boxing background. He can strike. Uh, he's he's shown some ground capability, but we need to see more. And he hasn't shown an ability to take a punch because he's hardly taken one. Great evasive defense and a pure mixed martial artist. On the other side of the cage from him is a man with very few mixed martial arts skills. What he has is aggression, girth, and a huge right powerful hand. And so he's been able to best plenty of polished mixed martial artists along the way. And in this fight, I think he's going to have a very difficult time in a large cage trying to catch up and land that one haymaker to a much more deft moving 
fluid, evasive strike, uh, evading fighter in God. Lou, Lewis has failed to go the distance in any five-round fight, and you mentioned his knockout power, and you mentioned that Gain has not taken a shot like that. How, how long do you see this fight lasting? I see this fight being like uh, watching, excuse the expression, because I know you guys are just talking baseball, like a Saturday afternoon baseball game. This is going to be a slow, slow fight because you're going to have one guy in the beast, uh, Derek Lewis, trying to engage, and the other man is simply going to play matador against the bull and make the bull tire out until he slows down, and then he's going to accumulate damage onto him. Can the beast uh, make it five rounds? I think he can, because I don't think Gane is going to ever get to the point where he toes to toes with him to try and, you know, flush him. Uh, could the fight get to the ground after Lewis gets tired? I almost expect Gane to do that. Uh, my bet in this fight, over three and a half. Now, earlier in the week, the totals were all four and a half. Now around the marketplace, we're seeing that lower to three and a half. I'm not afraid of the over four and a half, but I sure do like the over three and a half much better. That's a minus 130 currently around Las Vegas. Look, Lou, I think Derek Lewis is one of the most entertaining fighters. His post-game, post-fight press conferences are, are just incredible as well. But So this is part of the reason why I kind of root for him to win, just so I can see what he how he acts post-fight. I don't like betting him on the money line here, but I do think that there's value in betting him to win by a knockout because you mentioned the power that he does have. He's a significant underdog for a reason. I don't think people expect him to win this fight, but do you think there's value on betting him in the knockout prop? Well, I think if, if for those that are wanting to side with Lewis, I would steer you to go that route. I don't know that there's value in something that I don't see happening, Scott. But mm -hmm. the bottom line is, if Lewis wins, it's probably a KO. And so why wouldn't you take that plus four, plus 450? I also will say, it's not like the man, the makers, hand out plus four or 450 uh, very easily. Uh, I, I just think it's very remote, and I think we're going to see a pretty one-sided fight. Lou Finicaro joins us here on the pregame show talking UFC 265. Uh, the veteran Jose Aldo going against Pedro Munoz uh, in this fight. Uh, you are siding with the vet Jose Aldo. I am. I'm, I'm surprised by it because uh, I kind of thought I'd like Nuno's going in. Uh, interestingly enough, these guys are about the same age, uh, but you would think that Aldo is much older or at least has more wear. I, I don't think so. I tend to look at it like Aldo's been in there with the best in two divisions now. Uh, in this fight, he's going to be a much larger man, and it tends to be a stand-up fight. Uh, Aldo has a five-inch reach advantage. When you apply a five-inch reach advantage in a stand-up fight, you, you get better than 60% odds of the man with the reach advantage. I look at this fight much like I look at Aldo against Frankie Edgar some years ago when Aldo went out there and completely controlled distance and used his jab to outpoint Edgar, and I kind of see that happening here. This is a three-round fight that favors Aldo, a fighter that may begin to tire at the end of the third round. Meanwhile, uh, Munoz has had a hard time starting, and his strike differential is dead even. So he'll take one to throw one, and I'm not sure that's uh, such a good idea in this matchup. 
Does it go to the distance? I believe it does, yes. Elbow okay. decision. Yep. All right. So, Lou, let's get to the rest of your plays here today. What is at the top of your ticket for tonight's UFC 265? Uh, well, I have five even bats. We've talked about a couple of them. Uh, one other one, Kiesa and Luke stands out to be a really interesting fight. Luke, uh, the much more versed, well-rounded fighter in that he's a deft striker, powerful striker, and has great ground skills. Michael Kiesa is huge for his weight class and long and strong. Uh, he's more singularly dimensioned in that he needs to get up close, get a hold of his opponent, take him to the cage, and then to the floor for success. So Luque's ability to keep it standing will be his goal. Kies's ability to engage Luque and get him against the cage then to the floor will be key. And I think the size of Kiesa and the strength is going to cause Luque, the more well-rounded fighter, some, some concern. And therefore, Michael Kiesa minus 110 or plus 110 depending where you shop would be uh my angle on that one you also Lou, uh, on on vince morales as well vince morales fights a guy named draco rodriguez and in this fight these mm. guys are pickums. there's a lot of really closely lined fights in this card which makes it exciting in this fight rodriguez stepping in uh really has a very very deft body of work his uh, fighters faced are not that great he comes in after missing weight and losing his last fight morale has lost his last fight but the fighters he's been in with tell me that he's prepared and focused and really ready to get off the schneid and i look for morales to win his fight against rodriguez at close to a pickup scott did you have any uh question you question about the underdogs i believe yeah, I wanted to see if there was any. I know, uh, you know, Morales is a small dog, but any, you know, longer plays that you like on this card tonight, you know, getting some plus money value, Lou? Yeah, you know, uh, Scott, I, that's what I do. I scour for value in underdogs, and at the same time, I have to go where my handicapping takes me. Uh, the last fight card was like two and eight underdogs. So uh, while I want to get to them, I'm not going to force it because I do sense there could be a little correction after last week. Luke Carl, find him on Twitter at GamBlueUFC265 coming up later tonight. Lou, enjoy. Thank you again for your time, and I hope you have a great weekend. Thanks for having me on, guys, and good luck to everyone out there. Much appreciated. Uh, Scott, getting back to the news that we mentioned earlier, just in case anybody uh, just joined us, uh, the Yankees sending Roldis Chapman to the injured list, as well as the Red Sox sending J.D. Martinez to the COVID IL. Um, assuming we're talking about similar length of DL stay here, or IL stay as we call it now, uh, Scott, which of those do you think has the bigger impact on the Yankees and the Red Sox? Uh, it's probably J.D. Martinez on the Red Sox because he's such an important bat in that lineup. Uh, and the Yankees do have the depth in the bullpen with Chad Green that he can and, and Zach Britton that they are able to close out games for them. Um, but 
Aroldis Chapman, it's interesting because the Yankees used, and we talked about the matchup today with Chris Flexen, Yankees used, what, nine pitchers, I believe it was, uh, last night in that game, and Chapman was the guy that was not used out of the bullpen. So maybe that was a sign that there was something going on with Aroldis Chapman, you know, prior to the announcement today that he is going to the IL with that left elbow inflammation. Uh, I think the Yankees can survive without him. As I mentioned, they have Zach Britton and Chad Green, both capable of closing out games. Both of them pitched yesterday. The Yankees, as I mentioned, used nine pitchers yesterday. Another reason why I like backing Chris Flexen and the Mariners today because of the lack of uh, depth and rest in that Yankees bullpen today. J.D. Martinez this year, 284 average, 21 home runs, 68 runs bad in a very J.D. Martinez-like season for him. Have to wonder, Scott, with Aroldis Chapman adding in a splitter to his arsenal this year, that might have something to do with that elbow trouble. It's a new pitch that we know for him, but for a lot of pitchers over time, it's been something that's led to some elbow trouble. Aroldis Chapman did struggle for most of the month of July. Well, Scott, if you had fun with this, I suggest you park yourself in your seat. You stay right there. We're going to go another couple of hours in just a few moments here as we get ready for betting across America. Thanks to Britton Hess for producing a great show here on the free game show. Stay tuned. More coming in just a moment here from VEASAN and VEASAN.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. 
Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.